What's up, guys? Super excited to let you know that we're now releasing transcripts of the podcast. It's linked in the podcast description. You can also find it on LinkedIn at Danny Langloss in our documents section. If you're not following us on LinkedIn, please do. We're releasing leadership content daily, really driving a ton of engagement. It's our main platform. If you haven't already for the podcast, please hit that subscribe button so you never miss another episode. Please give us a rating or a review. That really helps us reach more people organically. Thank you very much. Let's get after it. There are so many things that impact our ability to achieve success, but none are more important than leadership. Individuals and organizations rise and fall with leadership. We are here to help you rise. Thank you for joining us. This is the Leadership Excellence Podcast. Hello, leaders, and welcome to Leadership Excellence. My name is Danny Langloss, and today I'm joined by Daniel Marcos, the co-founder and CEO of Growth Institute. He's a certified coach in the Scaling Up methodology and a graduate of EO's premier CEO program, The Birthing of Giants. He's a keynote speaker. Later this summer, he's publishing his book, Impact X, how the best leaders have 10 times impact with half the drama. That's a big, big deal. Today, we're gonna talk about scaling up how to create a CEO system, and how to become a great leader. So, Daniel, thank you so much for joining me, and welcome to the Leadership Excellence Podcast. Danny, thank you for the invitation. Did I get your last name right? Yes, perfect. Uh, Marcos, perfect. My second, well, so I'm from Mexico originally, and in Mexico, you keep your mother's maiden name, and that's a difficult. It's, it's Hajopoulos. It's a Greek name. Common spelling, right? Uh, common spelling, uh, H-A-D, yes, Hajopoulos. <laughs> And with my accent, no one gets it. So, no one gets it. No. Well, yeah. thank you so much. I really appreciate you taking the time. You're doing some incredible things out in the world and can't, can't wait to dive in this conversation. But can you tell me a little bit about the Growth Institute and, and what your company does? And by the way, sorry for the back. I'm moving. Um, so I just dismantled my house. Where, where are you um, at right now and where are you moving I, to, Daniel? I'm in Toronto. Uh, I'm going back to Austin, Texas. I lived in Austin 15 years, moved to Toronto for three years. Uh, my wife had to uh, was taking a program here, and we're just finishing, and we're going back. Awesome! So we want to go back to the hot weather. Well, uh, glad glad to have you back in the United States. You know, it's five degrees here. Uh, I'm about ninety miles due west of Chicago and Dixon, Illinois, and 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 we would take Austin, Texas, right now anytime. But in the summer, I'm sure it's a different story, right? Um. So I have a friend from Toronto that he said, "Oh, don't worry." Toronto and Austin have the same weather. And I was like, no, it's completely different. <laughs> and he said, no, there's two months a year. You just don't want to go outside. Two months in the summer in Austin, two months in the winter in Toronto. You just don't want to go outside. You just don't want to go outside. So, so Daniel, what's the Growth Institute? Tell me about your company. What do you guys do? So um, I've been an entrepreneur and a CEO for the last 23 years. I built my first company in uh, 1998. And I've had the luck of being able to scale companies and um, be able to understand what kind of methodologies and books and, and learnings we need to have to be able to scale a company. Um, very early in my, in my career, one day I was working in my office like at 11 o'clock at night and an employee came to my office and said, hey, looks like you're having a hard time. I was 25. I had 100 employees. We're growing 100% a year. We're, we're scaling really, really fast. We built the first fintech company in Mexico uh, to put online training, uh, trading in, in the Mexican market online. And we just blew up when we did it. Uh, we raised all this venture money and all that. And one of my employees came to me and said, hey, it looks like you're having a really hard time. And I was like, yeah, I'm, I'm, I was 25. I had no idea what it was to be a CEO. 
And she said, hey, my husband is part of this group of entrepreneurs. Do you want to be invited to a session? And I was like, like AA or what? And he's like, no, like, it's a great place for entrepreneurs. Let's go. And I said, fine. So I went there and it's all entrepreneurs, founders of companies that do at least a million dollars. And they finally got me. It was like all my friends were employees of other companies. And I was already a CEO with a hundred employees. So I, I couldn't talk these kind of things uh, with friends. And I went to this place. They're all entrepreneurs, all having the same issues with me. And I just got enamored. Indeed, I've been a member of EO for over 21 years today. Um, 25 years old? I, I was 25 when this happened. Wow. Yeah. So 25 we years build old. It, wow. We, we built it at 25. We sold it when I was 28 with uh, around 1,200 employees. Um, but by that time, I had merged with other company in Argentina. And then we acquired a company in Brazil. Then we got acquired by a company in Spain and they merged us with two banks in Spain and Germany. So it was a, a big complication, but we built the first online banking system in Latin America uh, after all, all of that happened. Um, and I was very, very young and I was able to really see all the drama, the stress. And, and I realized very early in my career that every problem or opportunity I had in business Someone already had a similar problem or opportunity, figure out how to fix it and wrote a methodology and a book around it. So whenever I have a problem, my first question is who has the knowledge that I need? And I go and look for that knowledge in a book, in a course or something, and then just follow that implementation. And that's something that Dan Sullivan from Strategic Coach calls um, uh, deliberate practice. Like you could do something for 10,000 hours, but you could do it for 10,000 hours wrong. If you're deliberately trying and practicing to get better, most likely if you do it 10,000 hours, you, you're going to get much, much better. So with that in mind, we said, okay, let's put together in one platform, same price structure system and everything, all the tools and methodologies that a CEO or a C-level team needs to scale a company. So we have classes on scaling up, class on hiring. No one teach you how to hire great team members um, on how to really read your financial statements and get the cash that you need for scaling. We have class on marketing, on building sales teams and sales playbook. Um, we have class on culture, uh, all these things that you need. I went to my MBA in Babson and great program, had a lot of fun, um, but they gave me very few tools. I learned a lot about critical thinking, but I came out with no tools of how to scale a company. At the Growth Institute, we give you the tools that you could implement tomorrow to scale your business. Wow. You, you've given me a little look into it and it's really incredible. You've got some pretty big names that are in there, the top experts in the world, you know, and, and I've got such a huge passion for leadership. So as we were looking through some of that, but it, it's really all encompassing, right? Like you've got to have leadership, you've got to have good cultures, you know, but, but you've got to understand the financial side, you got to understand the marketing side, you've got to understand your production and your, your like full scale, right? 360. And, and you have to do your departments or, or design every aspect of your business. And what better to have the leader of the industry teaching you how to do it and guide you on how to do it. Um, and interestingly, we started eight years ago and I was running all over the country ch chasing uh, thought leaders and said, hey, whenever you write a book, 
you sell your rights of the book to a publisher, and then you sell the rights of the videos and the training to us online. And they were looking at me like, what do you mean? And I was like, yeah, today, whenever you write a book, you sell your rights of the book to a publisher. I want to buy your rights to do a course online. And they look at me and say like, why? And I was like, that's the future. Everyone's going to be doing online education. So we started eight years ago, acquiring rights of online education of great thought leaders like Marshall Goldsmith and Bernd Harnish and Salim Ishmael. Indeed, I remember the conversation with Salim. Salim was the first executive director of Singularity University. Brilliant guy. And I took a class with him in Singularity. And he mentioned in one of his lectures that he was beginning to write a book. So in the, in the break, I came to him and said, hey, can I buy your rights of your book? And the guy said, what do you mean? And I was like, yeah, I want to do a course based on your book. And he said, I haven't even written the book. And I said, I know, but I know it's going to be great. So we had a contract then that we started negotiating. And today I have his course. Wow. So we well, started very early in time. And COVID just, it was a huge wave that pushed us forward. Yeah, well, I say great vision, right? Great vision to see the change that was going to come to be prepared. It wasn't like you shifted or pivoted during COVID into this. Like, this is something that you've been all in on. So, so Daniel, let's transition a little. Let's Indeed, talk let me about- just say, one of yeah. my mentors always says, Daniel, the art of entrepreneurship is staying alive until you get lucky. <laughs> so, sums it up, huh? Sums it up, yeah. So, let's, let's transition a little bit. Let's talk about scaling up. What what is your system to scaling up or where do you want to start with when we talk about scaling up? So if, and, and in scaling up, uh, we're biased because we, we teach the methodology of Vern Harnish. He has a book called Scaling Up, has been sold almost a million uh, copies and it's the de facto tool uh, for scaling. So usually what happens when you scale a company? The biggest barrier that doesn't allow you to scale a company is communication. Whenever you're growing really fast and getting all these team members and doing all these things, getting alignment of communication is really, really important. So scaling up really does two things. First, helps you build a page where you could align all your strategy. Vern always says you have to have everyone on the same page. The problem is that you have to write the page first. So Vern designed a one-page strategic plan where you could write all your strategy and in a simple way that anyone in your company could read it and understand what we're trying to do. And the first thing is going through an exercise to writing your strategy. And people said, I have strategy. And I was like, tell me your strategy. And they take two hours to explain their strategy. Like you don't have two hours to explain every employee and they will not get it. You have to just share your strategy in a simple way that everyone's able to understand it. So we take companies through a process of getting all the strategy down to a one page in a format that really is very practical and allows them to scale their company. And then two, we help them get the rhythms and systems to be able to align the team for the team to help them execute that strategy. And we have a, a system that we help understand the priorities, KPIs of the company, measure everything, have a rhythm of meetings to review the, your strategy, and then all the dashboards for you to be able to read them faster and be able to uh, take better decisions. And that's what we do with scaling up. But after scaling up, we have a saying that you need a village of gurus to grow your company. One guru doesn't have all the solutions. So we build that village all together. 
So we have classes on hiring. Typical mistake when you're, whenever you're scaling companies, you're, you're so overwhelmed and you have so little time that whenever you want to hire someone, the first person that comes through your door and has a pulse, you hire them. And that's a big mistake. So we teach C-level executives how to do the right hiring process. And we teach a program called Top Rating, uh, Design Inside General Electric. Uh, amazing program to really understand who's the right person for your company. Uh, we have a course on how to really write a sales playbook. Um, people, they have 40 sales agents and everyone sells differently. No, there's one way that is the best way to sell your product. We first figure out which is that way. And then we help you write a sales playbook that all your sales agents could follow up. So we help companies improve their systems and procedures in every aspect of their company to be able to be a scalable company. So the first uh, thing oh, is, is figuring out the strategy, the dialing strategy. the strategy. That's a, that's, a, that's a core. So the, the second thing is to figure out what systems and procedures and processes. To execute that strategy. Yeah, 100%. Because you could have a great strategy, but the team doesn't know the strategy, doesn't know what they have to be or what, what are they accountable for. They don't have a criteria to understand success. Like there's a lot of problems. So we help them really get the strategy and then get the systems to implement that. But while we're doing that, we always identify other weaknesses on the business, like the sales process, like the marketing, like the hiring, like the culture. We've seen companies that are scaling really, really fast, but the culture in the company is really toxic. So we have to help the CEO really understand their core values and why building the right culture and all those kind of things. And by the way, removing bad employees. Every time someone takes the top grading course, every time they said, hey, now I have a clarity of who do I need on the, on the company, but most importantly, who I need to remove from the company. So they end up firing 5 10% of the company always after coming through the class. Because now that they have clarity of who they need, they realize the ones that they already have that doesn't fit in the company. So it, it's all about the people. Right? It's all about putting the right people on your team, aligning mission, aligning purpose, You know, getting people who, who aren't just looking for a job, come here, work, leave, who, who feel a passion, feel like they're making a difference, creating an impact, right? They, they become owners. So you, you talk about clarity on who you want to hire, but what are some other critical aspects for the people listening in that hiring process? How do you get it right? So let me kind of explain uh, in the case of top grading. So top grading has a process that we believe the hiring process is the interview. No, the interview is just one step. It's first writing a job scorecard or an A player uh, uh, agreement that we, we call that we learned that from Rick Crossland, by the way, uh, he has a book called the A player and it's an agreement of what do you expect from the position, what are the capabilities, what they have to do, all of that. And you write it in a way that gives you way more clarity when you look for someone. Typical, I get a phone call from a friend and said, hey, I, I need a sales agent. And I was like, let me ask some questions. Are you going to sell B2B, B2C? What's the price? No, no, no. I just need a, a great salesman. No, it's, it's very different. Someone that is going to sell B2B, someone that is going to sell B2C, someone's going to sell on the phone, someone that's going to travel. So the more 
uh, clarity you give to the position, you could hire the best person. So you, we start there. And then we make an analysis of what are the companies or groups of people where you could find these candidates. Then you get to the interviews. And first we have a very, very short phone interview just to qualify if the candidate, you want to bring them for a full interview. Then we follow doing what we call the top grading interview. And the top grading interview, we do it three or four people from the same company and the interview lasts three to four hours. When I heard that, I was like, you're crazy. That's 16 hours spent doing an interview. But so many things come up. If you do an interview of 30 minutes, and if you like the person, you hire them, the probability of you making a mistake is very, very high. So we have this in-depth uh, interview that lasts three to four hours with three or four people together at the same time. And sometimes I'm doing the interview, and someone else, I usually have one or two people in my meeting just seeing the reaction of the candidate. And they read a lot of things that I'm not reading because I'm asking the question. I'm trying to hear the answer. I'm not seeing the way they're moving, how they're reacting, and those kind of things. And then after that, at the case of the Growth Institute, we do a culture interview that could not be done by the CEO. It's going to be by team members that are going to work with that person and they determine if they want to work with that candidate or not. And sometimes I love the candidate and my team says, no, they're very qualified. They're not going to fit culturally in the company. And they have a veto to override my decision. And then we put a plan of onboarding for 90 days. The yeah. first 90 days of a candidate uh, or a new employee, they question if they took the right decision many times. You want to make sure they have an amazing 90 days. And then the probability of them being a great hire is much, much higher. So that's one of the classes that we teach as an example. Yeah, the, the things you went through there are so, so, so important. So let me ask you this question because I've been, I've been reading about this. We talk a lot about culture fit. Yep. making sure the person's the right fit for the company. One of the pushbacks to that, and not from me, because um, we're very conscious about diversity, inclusion, and those things, is that people use hiring. They weren't a culture fit to hire people that are just like them instead of creating diverse cultures. So when when you talk, I don't, I don't, I'm sure that happens places. It doesn't happen where we're at. So how do you protect against something like that? Or, or what do you think? I saw you shaking your head. Now, what do you think when you hear that? So um, the first thing that makes that mistake, if you hire with one interview, you could not hire in one interview, at least three interviews. Some years ago, I was interviewed to be the head of Google in Mexico. I had 16 interviews before I got offered the, the position. And it was like in, in interview number five, I was like, I'm going to get an offer. And the guy's like, no, I'm just going to interview you. And the next one, and the next one, I got 16 interviews. And I was like, you guys are crazy. And they said, no, we want to make sure you're the right candidate before we make the offer. Have you ever analyzed the cost of a bad hire? It's, it's not what you pay them. It's the problems, the, the missing opportunities, the drama you create, the training, like the severance. We, we've, we've analyzed the cost of a mishire We've never been below one year salary. A manager, you're talking about five to 10 years salary. So whenever you realize that, 
you make a really, really in-depth analysis to hire the right people. Yeah, hundred percent. We adopted um, some different things in, in this all about the people for, you know, we are writing on a topic called creating a culture of leadership. And we want to, we want to bring on purpose-driven people that turn into purpose-driven leaders across all levels of the organization and getting the right people on our team is essential. And we used to have these you know, 90 day or, or six month probationary periods. Those have been extended to a year. We believe somebody can fool you for six months, nine months. It's going to be hard to fool us for a year. And we've, we've adopted a higher, slow, fire, fast, fast type mentality, right? And that's not, we're not a cold crew place because if you make it through there, I mean, we've got your back, right? Mm-hmm. Like you become part of our family, but you've got to make sure it's, it's the right fit. And you talk about, you know, finding and identifying those A players. If our motto is commitment to excellence, if we're going to deliver that, we've got to be full of A players. And, and, and we give stock, own, uh, stock ownership in the company after a year. If you pass that process and then you deliver for a year, then you make you an owner of the company. Yeah. And those people, once they pass that and you make them a moment of company, the determination to make the company successful, it's huge. Huge. And that's what you want, right? You don't want people doing it because it's important to you. You want people doing it because it's important to them. Yeah. And ownership is what, what changes the game. And by the way, you could bring a lot of passionate people, but you have to be passionate with the same thing you're passionate about. Yeah. So yeah. I, I won't take the company, let's say, there. And I could find someone that is very passionate, but wants to take the company there. It's going to be a mess, right? So you have to make sure you bring someone that is very passionate and driven with the same passion and driven that you have or or alignment. And they have to have complementary capabilities to be able to build a great team. 100%. I've got this little formula, passion plus purpose and aligned purpose equals equals success. Aligned purpose, correct. Aligned purpose. 100%. 100%. Passion's amazing, but we've got to align that purpose. We want to have the incredible impact and those Correct. incredible, incredible results. So you talked Correct. about, you talked about as you're scaling up, communication is so essential. You got to understand your, your strategy, where you're going, your, your systems, your procedure, you know, talked about needing the village of gurus to grow your company. So all about how hiring people, sales playbook, marketing, getting the culture, right? What, what's next? So, so, and, and this is precisely what I'm writing my book on. Um, I've been, uh, and as I said, CEO over 20 years, and I've read probably 2,000 business books. By the way, if you go to Amazon, there's over 3 million different business book titles, just in business. Wow. So you have to get the right one to really get value. And I, you can't imagine how many times, and, and by the way, that's why you have this. I have a huge wall here and there with books. And you can't imagine how many emails I get. Hey, Daniel, I'm having this issue. What's the right book that I should read? And I said, this is the book. This is the chapter you have to read. That, that's, that's why people always come because I always even tell them the chapter. Um, and here's the issue. You go and I get this all the time. Say, hey, Daniel, what's the most important book I re- need to read to scale my company? And I was like, it's like going to the doctor and said, hey, doctor, give me the most powerful medicine wait, uh, do you have a fever? Uh, you have a problem in the stomach? Like, what's, what are you sick of, right? There's different medicines. Same happens with the books. There's 3 million different business books. You have to find the right book for the right problem. And that's the issue. 
we're talking about scaling, about culture, about hiring. When is the right time? And that's the book that I'm writing. Um, I've been coaching CEOs for the last 13 years professionally. Okay. And um, I learned from them through their eyes that companies have different stages. And depending on the stage, you have to give them the right food. As an example, let's do an analogy. Whenever you're a baby, a kid, adolescent, adult, the education is different. The attention is different. The food is different. Everything is different. So, hey, the food, a typical Gerber, it's amazing when the kid is six months. But when your kid is 15, you're not going to give them Gerber. It could be an amazing food. It's just not the right food for them. So in my book, Impact X, what I'm, that I'm going to publish over the summer, it's how companies grow in stages. And I've identified there's four stages every company goes through when they scale. And what do you have to do in each stage? And then I divide it in what I believe is the right formula. First, you have to focus on you. I've seen companies have great strategy. They have a great team. But the CEO is completely depleted. They have a lot of debt. They sleep very little. They got divorced. They don't have a relationship with the kids. They're broken because they have given so much to the company and so much to the team that they're broken. And that doesn't end well. So I always believe it's like the airplane. You have to put the oxygen mask first. So folks on you. And I've heard this from employees of companies said, hey, I need to admire my leader. I cannot admire and follow or be led by someone I don't admire. So you first have to focus on you, on being a great leader. Then you have to focus on building a great team that will follow you, but a team of amazing leaders. And I believe on stage three, instead of me being their boss, now I become their coach. And my job is for them to be successful. Because imagine if I have an amazing head of marketing, how many marketing problems do I have to figure out myself? None. If I have a weak head of marketing, how many problems are going to flow to me? A lot. So I usually on stage three, I flip the orchard. My team is on top of me and I'm their coach. My job is to help them be great. So first, you have to work on you on being a great leader. You have to like have your own rhythms, uh, good weight, don't have any financial problems, don't have family problems. Like You have to be someone they want to admire and be led by. Then build a great team. And then the team is going to build a great company on the back. It's impossible you build a great company without first building a great team, without first building a great leader behind that. So in my years of coaching, I've been helping the leader grow. Uh, and this is something I explain. If the leader is here in their level of knowledge and, and mentality, the company could not go higher. Sometimes it goes higher, bigger, and they implode and they have to come back. So you have to grow the leader so you could grow the team and then they're going to grow the company. So that's kind of the process. You, you know, you so, cannot underestimate the, the importance of the top leader in the company. Now, that, that's just the beginning, right? But I, I firmly believe individuals, organizations, and communities rise and fall with leadership. I've seen four times in the last couple of years between different companies I'm working with, different organizations in our community, 
a toxic culture in a place. It's going downhill. It's delivering no quality. The only thing that changes is the leader at the top. Everybody else is still the same. And when you have a great leader that comes in, knows how to empower their team, create a good culture, give them the resources, get the heck out of their way and support them. And like you said, instead of being a boss, being a coach, it transforms everything. Now that one person couldn't create a great company. They need their team, but you just can't, you cannot understate how important that foundation there is. So I have a slide that I want to show. Uh, just go, go to see Microsoft stock. Steve Ballmer was the CEO between 2000 and 2014. The stock was under the price that he left. So when he came in, he got a company that it was more valuable in 14 years, even with inflation, the company was worth less. Sajan Nadella, that is the CEO of Microsoft today, brilliant man, like just brilliant man. And by the way, I, I love Apple. The computer I'm recording, my iPad, my phone, everything is Apple. I hate, I don't like Microsoft products. Sajan Nadella, I think is one of the most influential leaders we're going to have in business. Since he took over in 2014, the company has multiplied valuation five times. Wow. So Steve Ballmer, very loud leader, and he's a billionaire. He has many, many billions. He left the company worse in 14 years. Sajan Nadella multiplied by five in five, in six years. Yeah. That's a good leader. Yeah, bad, bad leaders can can destroy an organization pretty much overnight, right? <laughs> and it's, uh, wow, great, so great insight. Go, go to the chart of Microsoft and see what I, happened 2014, February 2014. I'll, I'll, people that follow me on LinkedIn. So if you're not following on LinkedIn during the week uh, when Daniel I's podcast releases, I'll be breaking down the podcast. He's already given so many incredible things that plenty of topics for conversation, but that'll be one thing that I put out and drive home because I've, I've seen this in places and this illustrates it on a much bigger level. So the things you just went through, the focus on you and the whole person, not just your competencies and how good you are at your job, right? Or how smart you are in your, in your field, but you're focusing on your whole person, building a great team to transition from boss to coach. And so can and, I share one slide? Can I, can I share? Yeah, go ahead. I gave you the capability to do that. So that's okay. your CEO system, right? That's right. what you refer to as your CEO system. So please look at this slide. So this is Bill Gates, right? From nothing to here. Then Balmer gets it here can, can you, and delivers it here. Can you share some of the numbers for the people that are listening on the audio side? That, that so, so as an example, Bill Gates gets it from zero and takes it to around 50 per stock. Balmer, in 14 years, the stock is worth 36. It's less, like um, 20, sorry, almost 30% less. And then Saja Nadella takes them from 36.50 to 225 when I took this picture. Wow. This is in six years, and this is in 14. That's the difference of being a great leader. And by the way, you see Balmer, bigger than life, 71 billion disaster leader for a company. Wow. Wow. So, wow. Yes. The leader could make or break a company immediately. So we've talked about scaling up and the different portions of that, right? Like when you're going to do this, when you're going to go, because you talked about the four stages of the company, startup, then we talked about 
grow. I call it a grow up. It's kind of an adolescent. Okay. Then a scale up stage three. And then in stage four, it's all about dominating your industry. So, so let me kind of walk you through a little bit. Stage one, the most important thing on stage one is validating your business model. You need to understand if there's a product market fit. People have a business plan and they say, I'm going to get this product. People are going to steal it. I'm going to run to buy it. And whenever you start selling your product, you really understand who's your buyer, how much are they willing to pay, what's the process of buying, all of that. So you have to dominate and really understand your product market fit. And I don't recommend you take more than five employees to figure that out. You could outsource and stuff, but don't have more than five employees. And preferably do not raise money from investors because people think that the product market fit is going to take them six months and it could take five years. So if you hire a lot of people, and I've seen that mistake happening often, they, um, they get all this money and professional money has to have a certain return yearly. You don't get the return, you lose your company. So stage two is all about crossing the chasm, really understanding how to get your product to a lot of hands. And it's all about sales. sales. Just get cash, figure out how to multiply your, your impact in the market. And there's two things that you have to figure out very difficult on stage two. First, don't run out of cash. Is the stage that if you're scaling, you have the most financial problems. And the second thing is you have to get the right team. People said, well, but I already started hiring my team on stage one. No. On stage one, you don't choose your team. Your team chooses you. You don't have great salaries. You don't have a great brand. You don't have a, a strong company. The people that work for you is because they bet on you. They're choosing you. Not, you're not choosing them. I've seen entrepreneurs in stage one, whoever comes through the door and they have a pulse, they hire them. Because they're so thankful they're willing to work for them and their dream. Then on stage two, you have to start getting specialists instead of generalists and start building an orchard. And you have to be way more strategical of who you hire. And of course, don't run out of money. And here you have a really important decision. You have to stay as a lifestyle business up to 12 or 15 employees or go to become a scale-up. Very few companies scale-up. Probably less than 3 or 4% of the companies of the world can scale and are able to scale. So on stage two, whenever you're around 12 employees, 15, you have to choose. If you stay as a lifestyle business, and I believe, by the way, between eight to 12 employees is the best mix for cash flow and lack of drama. You could still manage everything like family business, we're all friends, blah, blah, and creates enough cash flow for you to make decent money. I've seen owners with 12 employees, they make half a million to a million profit. They go on vacation two months a year. Great. But if you're going on as a scale, you have to reinvest all that money to hire the team that is going to take you to the next stage. And after stage two, you stop talking about world family and we love each other and all that to we're a performance business. Metrics are important. KPIs are important. And, and then you start changing the conversation of productivity and, and revenue per employee and, and, and all these kind of new metrics. And if you start scaling, you could not stop 
until you get around $10 million in revenue. Why? If you're between, let's say, million and a half and 10 million, you're too big for the small and too small for the big. No, no private equity will touch you if you're doing less than 10 million. So it's kind of a no man's land. And indeed, there's a book called No Man's Land on that stage <laughs> that you're in a place that you're nothing. It's very difficult to raise money. You have to invest in infrastructure a lot. You have a lot of drama. You have to redo all your systems and procedures. It's a complicated stage. But if you pass that, now you have a company that has an intrinsic value and people are willing to buy your baby, right? You, 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 now you have a company that you run it or not, it has an intrinsic value on its own. So now you have another decision. If you sell it to a private equity or, or a, a strategic buyer, and you could get a pretty big chunk of money, or you take it to the next level and continue growing it. And by the way, whenever you're around seven to 10 million, that's when you pass what we call the freedom point. At that point, the, the founder or founders, if they sell the company, they have enough to retire. Almost everyone in the world, if they get between five to 10 million, they will retire extremely comfortable in their life. If you get a company that does around 10 million in revenue, that's it, game over. So it's very difficult to continue scaling a company because you're getting all the risk that if you could sell it, there's no more risk. You buy some houses, some apartment complexes, you get a rent, you're done. So if you still scale the company beyond 10 million in revenue, around, let's say, 100 employees, then that you're playing the big boys game. And it's a completely different ballgame. It's all about performance. It's all about, there's nothing about family and friends. It's all about getting your numbers, like you're going to have your projections. That's how the market works. The companies go up and down in their stock value, not if they did good revenue, it's if they miss projections or not. It's all about saying, I'm going to do two with one, and you have to get two, exactly. If you get 1.95, you get destroyed. So you have to really scale it very strategically. And, and that's what we tell in the stages. You have to give to the company what the company needs in the right stage. And what's the right books? What's the right leadership? What's the right team? What's the right funding structure? Changes dramatically depending on where you are. And that's what we teach on ImpactX. So then the fourth stage, is that the dominate your industry stage? Yes. It's the first time you talk about market share. Before, you're too small to matter. Like, if you said, oh, if I win a client, I'm going to steal a client from someone else. You're still too small. You don't matter. Whenever you're on stage four, now you said, hey, I'm 2% of the market. And for me to grow, I need to go to 3% of the market. And that percentage, I need to steal it from someone else. So the, the mindset, it's completely different. Now it's how can I take control of a client that is not owned by me? but it's owned by someone else. Before, you're the new kid on the block. You're bringing all this innovation. It's a very different mindset in the scale-up compared to a fourth stage or a dominate your industry stage. So we're talking to Daniel Marcos, uh, co-founder, CEO of the Growth Institute. We've been talking about scaling up, four stages of a company, the CEO system. So much incredible information on the podcast. We've, we're winding down to the end here. Do you have... Uh, 
a final nugget or a final takeaway or a final call to action for our listeners, Daniel, this has been, this has been a great, great conversation. Uh, let me, let me, what you said, CO system, let me explain why. And then I'll give, um, if you want slides to explain this, I will give you a link that they could download some slides that they'll see the four stages and what they have to do in each stage. And most importantly, how do you have to evolve from entrepreneur to CEO to be able to take a company from stage one, to stage four, as we talked before, you have to start with the, with the head. If you see any bottle, the bottleneck is always at the top. Same with the company. So let me, let me explain what's a CEO system. So I go to a company and they said, hey, I need you to help me scale my company. I said, great, show me your systems. And they show me the accounting system, the production system, the customer support system. And I say, and your CEO system? And they look at me and said, what do you mean? Now, like one of the most important functions is you, the CEO, how do you run? What systems do you use? And they look at me and it's like, what do you mean? And I'm like, how do you take decisions? How do you communicate decisions? How do you track progress? Like all these kinds of things. And everyone said, well, I have a board and I talk to this, and, but no one has a set structure format. So in ScaleX, I'm proposing how to do this. And it's focus on you, focus on your team, focus on your company. What are the four stages? And you have like a prescription of what you have to do in each stage, in each of the three areas, as a CEO system to go to the next level. And that's what we're so excited with the book. Because when I shown to people, people said, now I get why this happened. So let me give you a quick story. So a couple of months ago, I presented this model to a group of entrepreneurs from all over the world. And half hour later, I got a text from this entrepreneur in England, in London, and said, Daniel just destroyed my, my way of thinking of what happened in my company. He said, I had a company, 225 employees. I was making 25 million a year, and I was miserable. I hated my life. I was losing a lot of money, and there was all this drama in my company. I imploded my company because I just couldn't handle it, and I removed a lot of my employees. Today, I have 16 employees. I do $7 million of revenue and I'm the happiest I've ever been. And I net like two and a half, three million for me every year. And life could not be better than today. But he went to stage three, he was getting to stage four, but he was so, he had so many things missing of stage one, two, and three that the company imploded. And he came back, by the way, we have, we know exactly how much revenue you have to do per employee. Today, he's doing way more revenue per employee for his stage. But when he was going up, he built all these systems and procedures, brand and everything. And we came, when he came down, his revenue per employee is one of the highest in the market, precisely because he used all the investment he was doing when he was scaling. And he kept a lot of that for a much smaller company. Wow. So it, it, it just, I've been 30 years scaling companies and... Um, more important than me scaling my companies, I've been coaching thousands of CEOs and I've seen them through their eyes. So the perspective we're able to get through the eyes of all of you has been great to kind of give us that understanding. If you're scaling your company and the only thing you see is your company, it's very difficult to have that perspective and see what's happening. We just see it on and on. And also at the Growth Institute, we have a lot of data. We had a lot of, indeed, we've, we've trained people for over 10,000 companies in 68 countries around the world. So I have a lot of data of all the students and executives that come through the program. 
and I understand where they are. And we're able to get that perspective and kind of understand that they're all having the same issue depending on the stage they're going. Wow. Well, I can't wait. I can't wait to get your book. I can't wait to dig a little deeper on this. You've shared so much incredible information today. I really appreciate you coming on the podcast. Thanks for taking the time. I know you're a busy guy. Thank you very much. Thank you, Danny. So Daniel, your book published this summer, Impact X, how the best leaders have 10 times the impact with half the drama. Uh, I think that's something that that every leader wants. Today, we talked about the four stages of a company, right? We, we have the startup stage, growth stage, scaling up stage, dominate your industry. You know, Daniel talked quite a bit about the, the CEO system. You know, first of all, CEOs have to invest in their self and their own development, focus on you, then build the great team. And that great team is what builds a great company. So many great pieces of information. Um, For more information on Daniel Marcos, he's going to be linked directly. LinkedIn, his website, uh, some of the slides and stuff he offered to give us right in the podcast description. Uh, When the podcast does release uh, that week and you'll be able to look at on the dates, we'll have a week full of posts and things around all this great information on LinkedIn across other platforms. Uh, To our listeners, if you enjoyed this episode, please consider subscribing, leave us a rating, leave us a review, helps us grow more organically. And remember, always be committed to excellence.